your hands in the air we finally made it uh this is the week that the postseason gets going the american league wildcard series gets going on friday we've got one more series to get through in the regular season so shout out to all you diamondbacks and angels and tigers fans because you've got a couple more days uh and then you can adopt a team for the postseason New week, just baseball show. Jack McMullen, not Aram Layton. He's making his way back from St. Louis. You will hear from him tomorrow on that experience being at Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina's final regular season game at Bush Stadium. Uh, also, Adam Wainwright taking the loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates, which was a very tough one. But I've got Ryan Finkelstein here, managing editor at Just Baseball and the host of Locked On Mets. And, and there are a couple of ways that Ryan can view this invitation to the Just Baseball Show. He can either view it as a great content creator move on my end, immediately grabbing him after the Mets get swept by Atlanta, or he can view it as a really shitty friend move, grabbing him <laughs> as soon as the Mets get swept by Atlanta. Which one is it? Probably a little bit of both, right? Uh, you know, I, I'm a company man myself, you know, so I'm happy to do it. Happy to come on and, uh, you know, be the face for uh, Mets anguish everywhere. That was... A brutal weekend. And I got to tell you, I think I just had the greatest case of COVID of all time. Uh, had minimal symptoms, tested positive before I tried to brave a drive from South Florida to Atlanta, which I mean, the hurricanes went through our state. So who knows what that would have even looked like. Yeah. And I avoided, though, going to all three games this weekend and having to experience it live. I am thrilled I got COVID, which I think is a sentence that not many people have uttered. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I didn't even know you had COVID. That's crazy. That yeah. was uh wow. So COVID was a blessing in disguise for you, huh? It was, it was. I, I got uh I got like about five hundred dollars back on the thousands of dollars or thousands of dollars I spent on tickets for, for the weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I didn't spend money on gas. I didn't go there and have to wash the tomahawk chop for three nights. Um, you know, as I just and that fan that they would have put on the TV, just like with my head in my hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great weekend compared to what it could have been for me. Right. So I think it's called surrender Cobra. That's a big thing in college football. Like when a fan has both their hands on the back of their yeah. head, yeah. And their elbows are flared out. It's called surrender Cobra because it kind of looks like a Cobra head. Um, We'll walk game by game, but I also want to talk big picture nationally playoffs because you could make the argument that, these are the two best teams in baseball, not named the LA Dodgers that just met up. Like the Mets got swept. Yes, but I'm not really batting an eye. If the Mets get to the world series against the Houston Astros and win the world series, because the Mets are that good. We know that they just didn't necessarily show it against a team that, you know, it, it's so hard to extrapolate from three games out of 162. I don't think that anybody is sitting here saying Atlanta's the way better team. I think they're saying Atlanta was the hot team 
and they're trying to put the division away right now. As it stands right now, the magic number for the National League East is two, and that has insane, insane, insane postseason bracket implications. And we'll get to that a little well, bit later on. But well, I, I, do, I do need to correct you real quick. Because the Braves won tonight, they now have the tiebreaker. So their magic number is actually one. Their magic uh, number is one. Okay. Yeah, so all they got to do is beat the Marlins once or, uh, you know, the Mets have to lose one of their final games in their series against the Nationals and the Braves will be division champs, which basically means they clinch tonight. I mean, there, there's no way that they're not going to take one of three from the Marlins. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, They could actually throw like a left-hander that finished the year in low A, and I think they would win that game. I think so, win. too. Um, Let's start on Friday in the series opener. It was a 5-2 win for Atlanta. Jacob deGrom allowed the first three of the five runs. All three were earned, six innings, five hits, three earned, 11 punch outs, no walks, but three homers. And that elevated deGrom's, albeit, you know, small sample, but season ERA over three after a really bad start his last time out too. What do you make of back-to-back rough starts for deGrom? Well, really, it's, I think, maybe four or five in a row where he's given up three earned runs uh, or more with obviously the one in Oakland where they gave up the four, I think it was. Uh, you know, it's funny because <laughs> uh, Arm in the group chat you know, said DeGrom's cooked. And I was like, come on, man. Like, really? And then he strikes out like nine of the next 11 batters he faces. It's the, the thing with Jacob DeGrom is he has set the bar so high for himself that any blip and you wonder, is he hurt? What's going on? I think that he's showing some humanity after four years of zero humanity. And and it's that simple. And look, the Braves, they made the most out of every mistake that the Mets made this weekend. It's it's, I mean, Dansby Swanson was unbelievable all weekend. Matt Olson. I mean, these guys were, were both cold going into the series. And I think that the, I think what happened in this series is it really shows you the experience the Braves gained as a team winning the world series last year, that, they were the more experienced team going in. They might be young or younger than the Mets in some respects, but you know the heart rate wasn't going up for these guys. They knew what they had to do. They, they took it in a bat at a time, and they got themselves in good counts. They got pitches over the heart of the plate against some of the best pitchers in baseball, and they put them in the seats. I mean, credit to the Braves. And, and there were a couple of guys that we didn't know how they would fare, right? Because I agree with you. As, as an entire team, Atlanta is the more veteran team. They were just there. But – Two of their biggest impact guys offensively were not there. Michael Harris is a rookie. Matt Olson is the new big signing after the trade from Oakland. And Matt Olson played some meaningful baseball with Oakland over the last couple of years, but nothing like what Atlanta is getting themselves into again. And you mentioned Swanson and Olson. They entered pretty cold. Austin Riley entered pretty cold too. Riley, Olson, Swanson all homered off Jacob deGrom. Olsen and Swanson each game of that three-game set. What did you see from a Matt Olsen who is obviously trying to take that big-time step right ahead of the postseason? I mean, look, as much as he struggled throughout the year, you still look up at the home runs and the RBIs. He's still been producing. He's just not quite hitting for the high average that he has in the past. But, I mean, Matt Olsen is still a guy that he puts his good swing on the baseball. It's going to go out. And uh, again, he got some pitches to hit. He got himself in good counts. He had a lot of good takes on close pitches, getting himself into those advantageous counts. And he made the most of all of them. So it was, I mean, really top to bottom. It was just great at bats by these Braves guys. And part of it also, 
I mean, if you look at these two teams, right, what you would say the Mets had the edge in is starting pitching, and none of those three guys gave their best efforts. All of them looked off. None of them had – I mean, DeGrom did have the put-away stuff, but for Scherzer and Bassett, the last two nights, they just couldn't put anybody away. No, I mean, Scherzer on Saturday, five and two-thirds, nine hits, four earned, four strikeouts, no walks. So the no walks is great. The four earned you don't want from Max Scherzer, but at the end of the day, like, you can live with it because the offense is good enough to overcome that. The weird thing there were, you know, two home runs against Max, nine hits in five and two-thirds compared to just four strikeouts. I mean, that's not the Max that we're accustomed to at all. Those numbers should be reversed. Well, what happened, like I said, he, he couldn't put batters away. He even said it himself after the game. You would see, you know, he'd get ahead one, two, and those sliders were just not competitive. He's bouncing them, so they're just easy takes for these guys. They're getting into deeper counts where he has to attack them, and then they did a good job getting hits and finding holes. So, yeah, it, it was just it was a rough night for Scherzer, um, and Bassett was even worse tonight, too. Yeah, Bassett was not good. Before we move on to that Sunday night game, which I'm sure so many people watched, Saturday night. Did Kyle Wright pull a rabbit out of his ass or what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that first inning, I, the, the fact that he got out of that, uh, I don't know, the bases loaded. I don't know if it was one out, bases loaded. But, yeah, and and the Mets actually have done well against Wright this year. I think the last time they faced him, if I'm not mistaken, when Tyler Naquin hit two home runs, that they scored five or six runs against him. So, uh, yeah, he had five losses this season, or he has five losses this season. Two of them came against the Mets, both starts that he had against them. And, uh, yeah, he he ended up getting by pretty easy. And I, I think the thing, too, that we have to talk about, the Braves bullpen. I mean, we all weekend, that bullpen is so good. Uh, I, I don't think that the rotation necessarily stacks quite up against some of the other rotations. Uh, going into the playoffs, we look at the Dodgers. Especially uh, with no Strider. Especially with no Strider. It seems like Strider might be back. Um, this is big for them, too, because – Seems like he's throwing again. Probably wouldn't have been available for that wild card round. Now they get an extra five days, most likely, um, where maybe they can have him in that division round uh, against the Cardinals, most likely, assuming they win their wild card matchup. But yeah, if they don't have Strider, that's the one Achilles heel of this team. But that bullpen really allows them to shorten games. You saw it. I I just kind of need everybody to know this. Rysel Iglesias came over the deadline. Rysel Iglesias has appeared in 26 games for the New York or for the Atlanta Braves. I'm sorry. I was going to say the New York Mets. I wish the, it was with the New York Mets. I wish he was with the Clearly Chicago they White should Sox. have taken on that contract. Clearly. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I wish he was with the Indianapolis Indians. Um, no, 26 appearances, 24 and a third innings with the Atlanta Braves. 16 hits, one earned run, 27 strikeouts, four walks. One yeah. earned run in 24 and a third innings. That's a 0.37 ERA, walking one and a half guys per nine. Opponents it, since he joined Atlanta, slugging 224 against him with a 454 OPS. So, yeah, you may have to step back from some of the other guys, and Kenley Jansen may not be as reliable as the Kenley Jansen of years past. And, and Will Smith isn't even on the roster anymore. He's in Houston. But you know what you do have? You've got Rysel Iglesias, and that's pretty freaking cool for them. It is, and I'm actually just wondering now, uh, not only the change of scenery, but I also wonder about the change of roles. If you're a closer on a bad team like the Angels, um, was he getting inconsistent work maybe? Is that what could explain some of the bad numbers out there where now he's on a good team protecting leads almost every night, 
Um, and we're seeing obviously the stuff that we always knew he had really play the way it should. Uh, yeah, he's a weapon. Honestly, if I was them, I would have him be the closer, but you also could see the the value in having him set up because tonight they go to him in the seventh inning to face the top of the Mets lineup. Uh, make sure that he actually always does face the best hitters. That could be the way they're trying to use him. What are your thoughts on closers in general? Like, I, I my take personally is the best closers in baseball can pitch in the sixth in the postseason. Yeah. They can pitch in the seventh. Like we saw Andrew Miller do that in 2016. He's the gold standard of that example. But I, you know, know that the White Sox felt comfortable going to Liam Hendricks in years prior in in the seventh, eighth inning, things like that. But Craig Kimbrell, when they were deploying Hendricks and Kimbrell, Kimbrell could not pitch if it was not the ninth inning. So yeah. that that is my thought where I do think Rysel Iglesias is the better pitcher than Kenley Jansen. I do. But I'm cool deploying Rysel Iglesias in the seventh or eighth, seeing the heart of the order, and say, okay, Kenley, you still have the ninth, even though it's like seven, eight, nine. Yeah. I feel better in high leverage situations with Rysel Iglesias than Kenley Jansen. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that that what you point out, I mean, Kenley Jansen has been closing and just closing for a decade now. So to to rip him out of that role at this stage of the season, you might lose him. And, yeah. you know, so he might be more valuable being a, a B plus closer than, uh, you know, putting him into a setup role where he might be a C minus setup guy because you just don't know what that does to him. Where Rysel Iglesias could be an A plus closer, but he's also A plus in the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning. So it's working for them. But I also think that there might be a moment in the playoffs where you've already used Iglesias, and here comes Jansen with a one run game against the Dodgers, and his former team is going to make you regret that he's your closer. You got to trust him, though, man. Like that—that's the thing about the postseason, and you load yourself with as many guys as humanly possible, um, so you trust you know these types of guys, like. The whole thing, um, you know, Peter said on, on this show last week, he doesn't think depth matters as much in the postseason. I can understand where he's coming from offensively. Like, I don't think the utility guy reigns supreme in the World Series. What I do think matters is I think you need four or five guys in that bullpen that you can go to at any point. Atlanta had that. I think Atlanta still has that. Do the Mets have that? Well, it's, it's interesting is quietly, I think one of the things I feel best about from this series is Drew Smith threw the ball pretty well. Trevor May threw the ball pretty well. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I think that the bullpen is certainly a, a concern. It has been all year. I'm more worried about the offense right now than the bullpen. And, and the biggest thing to me, and uh, I, I know people hate when the Mets fan is on here and I'm going to talk about an injury and everyone's going to yell Ozzy Albies at me or whatever injury you have on your face. Every team has injuries, but I've been watching the Mets all year. This is what I do. And I'm telling you, Starling Marte is that kind of guy, the straw that stirs the drink, whatever type of cliche you want to throw out there. Losing him really hurts this team. And I I honestly do believe if Starling Marte didn't get hit on the hand by that pitch, the Mets would have won this division. Uh, He's just so important to them. He lengthens that line. They've been trying to figure out what to do without him in the tool. They've had Pete in there. They've had Lindor there. It just seems like they're looking for answers. And without Marte, uh, it's been hard to find them. Yeah, and Lindor stunk it up. 0 for 5 with a couple of punch-outs on Sunday Night Baseball here. Jeff McNeil had a really great day. And and McNeil's importance is so um, 
it's so much more relevant now without Starling Marte, right? And McNeil three for five with a, with a Homer out of nowhere. And that ball was drilled. That was nuts, man. But I mean, McNeil, he started the game in right. He finished at second because Tyler Naquin entered the game uh, in right. I think the Mets might be the exception to that, you know, new mainstream thinking. Like they might need the entirety of their bench without a guy like Starling Marte, because not only did you see Mark Vientos pinch hit, you saw Francisco Alvarez come into the game. You saw Tyler Naquin come into the game. You saw Tomas Nito come into the game. So that's four guys on your bench that were deployed in this game. Do you feel like they have to go one through 13 in the postseason? It, the problem is they, they've been looking all year to find that right-handed bat against left-handed pitching and they just don't have it. And so, you know, they, they kind of make a panic move by calling up Alvarez. And uh, I think it might've been a mistake because Mark Vientos was starting to have some good at bats. He had a really good series in Oakland. Uh, didn't have the best game against Jesus Lizardo, but I feel like you were you had already invested some time in Vientos, and they would have been better off just riding him the rest of the season and see what you get. Alvarez comes up and he's swinging for for the season. I mean, every single that I've never seen someone so I love it because I'm sure he's going to be great next year. Yeah. But he's so cocky <laughs> and uh, just some horrible at bats this series where where the Mets really needed him to come through so uh, I do think that they're going to have to rely on a lot of these guys without Marte um, but it's just who are you relying on really Um, it's tough it's it's tough right now I thought Vientos was the answer as opposed to Francisco Alvarez at this juncture Um, I know Aram did too and if you guys haven't checked out just baseball's updated top 100 at the end of the season Alvarez is not as high as as what feels like the industry consensus. I think he sees that, you know, swing for the heavens and it wasn't really working in Syracuse that well. It's certainly not going to work in a postseason push at the big league level. And, and Vientos was starting to settle in, like you were saying. How do you feel about Eduardo Escobar? Because I know he, he slashes much, much better against left handed pitching than right handed pitching. But again, that's one guy out of the nine. September, he's been good for both sides of the plate. So so all year that was the case, but uh, Louis Guillaume got hurt. That kind of pushed him right back into playing every day, and he's been amazing for the Mets. And now he's no longer an issue. I think he's the everyday third baseman come October, um, unless they get Marte back and they want to skew defense. They want Escobar to solve their problems at DH. I could see that as well. But, but Escobar, I'm cool with at this point. Uh, my bigger concern again is that right-handed half of the DH platoon, and then also like Mark Hanna has really gone through it lately. So it just seems like outside of Brandon Nimmo, without Marte, there's just not a lot of production in the outfield unless Jeff McNeil's starting out there. Where's your confidence level when we get into the wild card series on the New York Mets as it stands? And I know we've got one more series to play. Yeah, I mean, look at this point. Like I said. You could pretty much just look at the National League standings right now, and that's going to be your playoff matchup. So Dodgers obviously got the bye. Braves will clinch the East. They'll have the bye. Cardinals will face the Phillies. Mets are going to face the Padres. That's where we're at. I mean, it's a magic number of one for the Braves and the Phillies, and then everything's pretty much set in stone. So so that's where we are. Um, Mets versus Padres. I think that the fact that the Mets have this series at home, I feel pretty good. The fact that they're going to be able to now – rest all of their guys yep. in this last series. 
And the only guy that I think might be playing out this final series is Jeff McNeil chasing a batting title. If they care about that, I don't know. Yeah. But I think they're going to set themselves up to, to rest up and know that this, this weekend series against the Padres is everything for them. They've done a great job all year winning series. I have confidence they can do that. Uh, but I would have had a lot more confidence saying, hey, it's Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer in a big series. If I didn't just watch Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer in a big, big series not come through, it makes me a little more cautious in saying, yeah, the Mets are totally going to roll through this wild card round. A hundred percent. And you have to feel decent knowing that two of the at least three that San Diego are going to put out are right-handed arms. I mean, the only lefty that uh, the Mets would be seeing is Blake Snell because they're yeah. going to see Joe Musgrove. They're going to see you Darvish. Um, and, and those are guys not only from the right side, but that have been inconsistent. I want to say, and I know Darvish is riding this great stretch of like going six plus innings, but again, you Darvish is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So uh, we shall see what happens with, with the Mets and the Padres. Um, but I do want to walk through the postseason picture before we let you go record Locked On Mets. Again, we're talking to Ryan Finkelstein, the managing editor yeah. at Just Baseball. Um, I'm going to save my picks for pre-wild card, but I do kind of want to do a guided walkthrough. And let's start in the National League. Let's start with that. Mets, Padres, it's a best of three. Um, you got the Mets and how many? I would hope Mets and two. <laughs> As a Mets fan, uh, you know, I, I think the fact that you have DeGrom and Scherzer, I still hold that hope that they're going to be the guys they've been throughout their careers and playing some home playoff games. Maybe that lineup can, can come through a bit here. Um, if you can have those two games where you're mostly seeing DeGrom Scherzer and Edwin Diaz, that's the strength of this ball Dude. club. And I think they can get it done. Dude. <laughs> it's <laughs> I mean, that's a cheat code, it feels like. But again, DeGrom and Scherzer didn't look like DeGrom and Scherzer this weekend. But when you say, ah, if the Mets really only have to deploy DeGrom for eight and Edwin Diaz for one, or Scherzer for eight and Edwin Diaz for one, it feels like game over. Um, cards, Phillies. The Cardinals are the three seed right now. They're they're the uh, with the third division winner. They would be taking on the Phillies, who occupy that final wild card spot. Where do you see this one going? You know, I, I think that the you look at the Cardinals, and this is where I like the home field because look at the Cardinals home and, and road this year. They're 39 and 39 on the road. They're 53 and 28 at home. Uh, feels like they're going to be able to handle business at home and, and beat the Phillies. Uh, but the Phillies are, are a sneaky team in a wild card series. I'll give them that. I mean, they got a lot of pop in that lineup, and they got some good pitchers they can throw out there. So they're sneaky. Remember, it just takes two to win mm -hmm. this series, and and you've got Wheeler and Nola going right off the top. So yeah, it's dangerous. But they had this weird thing this year where where they've been bad when Wheeler and Nola are on the mound. It's like the weirdest. There, I don't have the exact record in front of me, but I know, I think they might have a losing record with those two starters pitching, which makes no sense. But means Bailey Falter gets the ball game three. I think so. Has to bet game one. Game Bailey one. Falter, Ranger Suarez. Why not? Uh, Kyle Gibson, maybe game three, if it gets to that point. But, th um, but then you get a couple lefties for pool holes. So I don't know if you want to do that. Oh, true. You make a nice point. Uh, we've got Mets, Dodgers, and the 1-4 in the NLDS. Again, those are best of five. Mets and Dodgers, <laughs> what happens here? How many games? You know, it's funny. Ken Rosenthal said something. I think it was the, I guess it was the second game of the series. And I was like, dude, that's ridiculous. And now I'm clinging on to it. He's like, 
you might want to get the Dodgers in a five-game series instead of a seven-game series where their depth can't hurt you as much. It might be the better road. I was like, that's ridiculous. Now that that's the road that's in front of me, I'm like, yeah, it's the better road. Uh, I, I don't know. Look, the Dodgers are an incredible baseball team. If the Mets were able to pull that one off, I would be uh, pretty impressed with them. I, I think that the Dodgers would win that, but I think the Mets can make it a long series. Five? I think five, yeah. Dodgers and five? Okay. Yeah. Um, I might actually disagree with you, but I, I still have a couple days to think about it. So I, uh, I'm currently riding the upper hand, I think on that front, you've got, um, what you said, cards, get the win over Philly. Philly Braves cards. Yeah. Yeah. Braves cards in the two, three best of five. What happens? I would say that the Braves would win that, but I, I think if the cards could steal one in Atlanta, they could, they could shock the Braves in four. Um, but if that series goes back to Atlanta a second time, I think the Braves would win it in five. But I, I think that the, the Braves would come out of that series. I, they, from what we saw this weekend, that it, it might be the best team in baseball, the Braves. I mean, they're just that good. Dude, they're so, so good. My worry here is once they get past the one-two, especially with no Strider. And I think that Strider would be back for a National League Championship Series against the uh, Dodgers. Who knows how many innings he'll be able to go off that oblique issue. Assuming Strider is limited, you're looking at Freed, Kyle Wright, some form of Strider, and then you jump to Charlie Morton, who the Mets walloped in the early going today, nine hits and what, four and a third, um, and who has been walloped so far this year. And then you got to piece together a five if you do get there. I don't think they'll get there. But uh, you've got Dodgers, Braves in the one, two. What happens in the NLCS? I think that the Dodgers would probably win that. Um, but look, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we're picking ahead right now that it's so far away. And honestly, I mean, those two teams are so good. Like nothing would surprise me. The, the only thing that would surprise me at this point is if um, it's not the Dodgers, the Mets, or the Braves representing the National League of the World Series. Like if the Cardinals go on a run, I would be stunned. That's the only thing that could surprise me. But any of those three teams, I could see making a run to the World Series. Yeah, but also Albert and Yachty's last year, would it actually surprise you? Magic carpet right now. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, I, would be, I would be sitting here saying like, of course, of course this shit happens for, for yeah. Albert and Yachty, but whatever. So you've got the Dodgers coming out of it. Six? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Because that would be, in, uh, yeah, it would We'll go six. We'll go six. We'll go six. All right. Rapid fire American League. Um, in the four or five, as it stands right now, it's Toronto and Seattle. Who wins that? Why? <sighs> it's tough. Because I it's I is it weird to say that I guess probably the Astros, but like I like those two rotations over a lot of the playoff rotations in baseball. Like those rotations are so good. Uh, but when you got Manoa, Gosman. In Toronto, I, I think it's probably the Blue Jays. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I You start to think about rotational depth and like you really only have to do that in the ALDS. You don't really have to think yeah. about that in a three-game set. Manoa Gosman yeah, up front is, is much better thing, than whatever they'd run out. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like, I love George Kirby and Luis Castillo and, and Robbie Ray and, and, and Gilbert. I mean, that's a great one through four, but it's a three-game series. Yeah, you got to get out of it first. Um, yeah. Cleveland and Tampa. How do we feel? I feel like Tampa upsets them. Oh. I, I, <laughs> I don't oh. want it to happen. I don't want Hurting it to my happen. My heart. 
And like Cleveland has all the vibes and they should win. And that's just the type of series the Rays win just to make baseball less fun. Dude, I don't understand. Like, I don't know. I've been a White Sox fan for a long time now. I like the Guardians a lot. <laughs> they're I, cool, man. It's, it's a fun team. Damn, they're really, really cool. Dude, okay. dude a 90-win team with a plus 58 run differential. It's awesome. <laughs> That's what I sign up for. That is absolutely phenomenal. Um, all right, so you've got Tampa seeing the Yankees. What happens there? I would think the Yankees should handle business. If Aaron Judge keeps on walking, man, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Okay, big one, quick. Is he going to hit 62? He's got four games right now in Texas. Is that, is that it? I think, I think they have an three extra games game. in Texas. I think they have a doubleheader I, I was hearing tonight. I think I think he has an extra game. He's got four games to do it. Um, He's got one on Monday. He's got two on Tuesday, one on Wednesday. He's got four games to do it. Oh, I don't know. There, there is some weird symmetry with the 60, like 61st anniversary of Maris 61, 61 that I could just see baseball math standing up that way, but he's got to do it, right? He got four games. I think he's got to do it. I think he has to, I think, man, I think John Gray is just going to leave him like a center cut cement mixer. <laughs> he might send yeah. it to stratosphere, man. Shout out to the people going to globe life this, uh, this week. Um, okay. So you got the Yankees beating Tampa. How about Houston and Toronto? What happens there? Houston. Houston's yeah. going to the World Series. Okay. We'll just say that now. Houston over the Yankees. There we go. Dodgers, Astros. Yeah, it's kind of boring, huh? No. <laughs> I just went shot. It's going to be a heavyweight <laughs> bout. It's Tyson and Evander I'm Holyfield. Just saying, I'm just saying boring picks. But, yeah, that, that is the way it should it should unfold, right, if if uh, the best teams make it. so. Man, uh, who wins the World Series, Ryan Finkelstein? <sighs> I mean, look, the Dodgers are so freaking good. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to pick against the Dodgers. I, there, there's something about it, it. It still gets me every time that we have all these teams that, you know, homegrown stars all over the place and that they have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner that they've acquired. It's just, it's unfair. Uh, I think that the Dodgers are going to win the World Series this year. Man, you're so lame going chalk. I am. I but so lame. I, their their run differentials plus three thirty three and like since June they've been winning at like eight hundred clip. It's hard to pick against the Dodgers right now. I'm sorry, dude. Fink wearing his LFGM t shirt and his Mets flag. He's about to go record locked on Mets late night. But thank you so much for uh, joining us on the Just Baseball Show to to recap a, a shitty weekend of Mets baseball. And we're hoping that it's going to be a lot less shitty this week. And uh, hopefully be hitting the this weekend. tonight. Hitting this the rest <laughs> of this bottle here. I love it. Good for our YouTube people. Thank you, Fink. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Stay with us tomorrow. I do believe it'll be Arm and Peter. Armin to talk about his experience at, at Bush for Wayno and Yachty, or not Wayno, Albert and Yachty's final game, Wayno's final uh home start of 2022. Um, it's gonna be good. We're inching closer and closer. Probably talk pursuit of 62. We'll see what they want to do. Every link you need is in the episode description. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. 